Hello, Base Camp. Welcome to week 11 of the training program. We're getting close to the finish. We have two more weeks to the program, this week 11 and week 12. Um, and I will, just so you guys know, for the, we will have a week 13 in which I will cover um, sort of over just a general overview of the program that we completed, next steps you might take in terms of transitioning that program into um, any other program you might choose to do, whether one it's one online, one in your local community, whether you join um, TELUS's ethos community, or whatever you choose to do. I'll, I'll be providing some guidance in terms of how to make that transition. And then there is a six-week build-at schedule. Um, it's a build-at peak mileage schedule that's already built into all of your macros, where it takes the weekly mileage you've been building to at this point, which you've held now for a little bit, and then it... Um, transitions it through um, another six weeks where you can actually work on extending your distance of some of those same quality workouts. So it's just repetition of the same quality workouts. It gives you a chance to get them more, um, more get a little bit more experience with them in your repertoire, adjust and tweak them as you might choose, and then um, really be able to take that into any program that you had. You'd be ready for half marathon training, marathon training, whatever the case may be, um, 5K, 10K training. You should be after that initial 18 weeks really, really solid on all the fundamentals that you would need to be ready to train hard. You've done some hills, you've done some speed work, you've done strides, you've done long runs. You've got the real good um, grounding in the concepts and the basics of what needs to be done in any, in any training program. So, um, And then at, I'll finally I'll be sending you off with a few words um, of encouragement and inspiration. So that's what you have to expect for the next two weeks. Um, hopefully you are now sort of settling into whatever your new or current normal is and that running has stuck for you. Hopefully it's something that you're doing on a daily basis or at least three, two, three times a week. I cannot encourage you enough to stay the course with this, to keep running as a movement practice for yourself. Um, by movement practice, I mean that it's, that it's moved beyond just fitness assessment and trying to get fitter or lose weight that it becomes something that's really important to how you live your life on a day-to-day basis and what you find to be most important in um, your training on a consistent basis. So um, I think it's really important as you are finding this balance in this um, shelter-in-place situation that we're in. This episode is being recorded the week of April 13th, so we are deep in the throes of our Um, the coronavirus shelter in place um, and lockdowns as the case may be. And so um, I just want to make a few notes just on uh, how important it is for you to continue moving through space. So if you feel up to it, you should keep training, um, but you absolutely need to keep running. It's so important that you do so. So I think it's really important for you to trust the future to take care of its own damn self and that you can take care of yourself I think this is a really important concept of resiliency. Um, I like to use the analogy of when you're on an airplane and there's a drop in cabin pressure and they ask you to put your mask on before you take care of anybody else. That's what running is. That's what your movement practice is, whatever you choose. And if you're at this point in time, week 11, in a base camp program, then it's likely that running has become movement practice to you. 
then you need to take care of yourself and you need to be in a position where um, you're listening to your body and you're doing the things that are necessary um, to make yourself the best human being you can possibly be each and every day. So are you working every day to be your very best self? And that's what I hope this program um, will encourage you to do through running. But you have to ask the question each and every day um, of what it means to you um, to be running. Whether that's hard running, easy running, it's important for you to be in that position where you feel you're able to manage the fear of uncertainty and to be in a position where you're resilient and and ready for anything. So anyway, that's a, just a short, quick um, encouragement there. So let's moving on to the actual program itself this week. So this week, we're, our quality session is a broken threshold. We'll be doing one-mile repeats. In week seven, we did four to five times 1K or six times 800. And this week, we'll be extending the length of those repetitions from 1K or 800 to one mile. So we're going to keep the rest at that 90 seconds to two minutes like we did in week seven. Um, But you're doing three to four miles at your steady effort. So at this point in the program, you should be reasonably comfortable with the concept of steady and have an idea of how you're implementing that, where it actually is sitting from a pace perspective, Um, what that effort correlates to or corresponds to from a pace effort in your training. You've done continuous steady runs twice now. You've done one broken steady run. And I think you should have the experience of working with this effort in such a way that um, you are, you're confident with it. So please see the worksheet for episode set for week seven. Um, if you need any more details on the foundations of the steady concept, I go into it more elaborately there. What I do want to say is using this session is really important to dialing in the steady effort to a current pace for you. We kind of started flirting with that before, and um, now's the time for you to be able to say, hey, I'm pretty sure that what is currently steady for me falls in this basic pace range. Now, because one mile is easier than the 30 minutes you did before, you'll probably naturally run a little bit faster for your steady pace, uh, for your actual pace when you're doing steady effort for these as opposed to that 30-minute run. So that's natural, and it's normal, okay? Just be sure that you go out a little more conservatively so that you can pick the pace up um, at any given rep and even as you progress through the reps. But if you go out too fast, you're going to cook yourself. And that's really, really easy to do in a workout like this. And if you do cook yourself in the first rep, then it means you kind of screwed up the whole rest of the workout. Now, that doesn't mean you should stop and wait to another day to finish it up. No, just dial back the efforts to steady again and hold those consistently. It's likely that your first rep, um, you just went out too fast and maybe it was steady for that moment. But as you progress and you extend these, that you um, that you get tired. But I do think it's really, really important for you to be starting on the easier pace. I mean, at a, at a slower pace. One great way to do this um, is to look at your steady run for 30 minutes and then look at your the pace per mile for your 1K reps or your 800-meter reps. And where does that sit? And do these one-mile reps somewhere in between those two paces. Um, and start at the uh, start that first rep somewhere in between them. And then as you progress, you should be able to hold that or maybe even get a little bit faster. Now, that is what 
fitness is all about. It's not necessarily that you've gotten significantly faster. It's that you've gotten stronger and your ability to run the same effort at a faster pace proves that you've gotten fitter. And you should be fitter at this point in week 11, a month beyond the uh, last time we did these broken tempo, this broken threshold workout. So again, use that session from last week, from week seven in order to see how to um, progress that workout, okay? So the short rest should be keeping you honest, and that's really important to know. That's why we keep it at 90 seconds. If you've gotten this done correctly, then you should be ready to go at 90 seconds in. 90 seconds rest should be sufficient to be ready to um go back again at another comfortably hard pace and that you should be able to um, not accumulate lactic acid at these paces. So if you're not and you are going out too fast, then adjust. So you're working on dialing this effort in by changing up the distance. It helps you hone in on what's the right steady effort for you. Okay. Again, I want to reiterate steady effort does not fit a specific pace. It much more generally hits sort of a pace range that you can feel comfortable with and may get a little faster on some days with longer sessions um, or with more stress in your life or um, with inclement weather conditions, whatever the case may be. And your effort remains the same while your pace fluctuates based on whatever conditions you find, whether you're on a hilly course or any of those other things that I talked about. All right, so that is the um, details for your broken threshold for this week. The speed economy session this week is the same as we had in week six and eight. Um, it's exactly the same as week eight in that you'll be doing six times 100-meter builds with an easy 300-meter jog, okay? Um, if you're doing this on a track, if you still have access to a track, um, then uh, it's one lap and you do 100 meters or one straightaway um, at that um, build pace and then you get the 300 meters jog. Otherwise, you can build that into your um, overall plan. If you do want to do this and not do it on distance, you can easily go um, about 30 seconds of building and then you can take um, two, three four minutes, whatever you need to run easy, um, very, very easy to be ready for the next stride, okay, the next build. And just to remind you, a build is just another way to do a stride. The focus is getting faster throughout the whole 100-meter distance. So you start off easy, and you quickly begin to ratchet your pace up as you proceed through the stride. You're building, 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 building until you're about 90% of full or out all-out effort. And you want to keep your face, your neck, and your shoulders relaxed. Again, the recovery needs to be done very, very easily. That pitter-pat jog I've talked about throughout this program. Um, and again, if you find yourself with the only availability um, as being a treadmill, then I suggest you just do simple strides and not try to do a build a build that would be very challenging to try to do on a treadmill where the pace is held the same. Um, unless you've got an ergonomic treadmill in which it actually gets faster as you put in more effort. But most people's are not that way. They're set on a on a motor. And so you don't want to be having to constantly be tapping at that get faster button while you're going. I'd rather you just pick a pace, drop on, and do your strides there. Um, or if you're stuck on a treadmill, maybe you do your treadmill run, pop outside really quickly on your straightaway on your street, and do a stride there. Anyway, so um, there's options with how to manage that.
Okay, moving on to the long run. Um, the difficulty or challenge, so I want to talk about easy run. So you guys have um, 30 to 40 miles per week, has 12 miles easy. The 40 to 50 mile per week group has 14 miles easy. And the 50 to 60 miles a week is at 16 miles. This is the furthest distance, obviously, that you run. Um, the final long run that you have in the training program is this same distance um, with a close. Um, and this run, I just want to make sure that I remind you that the difficulty or challenge of easy long running should not be in the paces that you're running. It should be completely um, related to the fact that you're running the distance at an easy pace and it's hard just because it's hard to run that far. Keep the pace on the e on these easy and that the if the challenge comes, typically the challenge just comes because you're more tired and the pounding that is associated with running that distance, not because you run faster. Okay? So it's a really important concept to keep in mind. Cool. So that's the training for week 11. So this week's fundamental topic um, I want to talk about a, a concept I call it 1%. So the one percenters are the things that you can do that are outside of your running that can make a huge benefit overall on your running. Um, I am just covering these in a very cursory and short way. There are um, entire episodes, 30-minute, hour-long episodes on each one of these topics that could easily be done. But what I want to do is just give you a basic overview um, and some general notes on the kinds of activities that you can do outside of running that can pay huge dividends to your running, okay? So a couple general notes are these. The most important thing is, if you're going to do a 1% activity, so these activities might include um, anything that's not running related, that's not training and fitness related, not, not specifically related to your running. So this can be lifting weights, um, Stretching, massage, what you eat, what you drink, um, what ac other activities you do that you're using to try to find balance and strengthening. Um, and these are crucial and critical. So um, just so, again, some general notes on those. If you're going to do extra activities, then be sure you do them with intent and focus. If you can't do any other of these activities without adding more stress on your life, then don't do it. It's not worth it. It's not, these, this 1% is not worth the additional load on your life. If you find that you can't get to a gym, um, there's lots of other things you can do. There's no excuse to not be able to get in the 1% if you feel like it, if it really seems like it's going to be beneficial to you and if you believe that you can bring intent and focus to those activities. But if you're not going to bring them and you're just doing it to push the noodle, don't do it. It's a waste of time. You won't get the full benefit from it, and you'll be mailing it in throughout the entire process. It's just not worth it. Now, there will be a time probably for some of you where this is very, very important and extremely valuable for you, and so you're ready to bring that intent and focus to the 1% activities. So if you don't have the time and energy and it brings too much stress to your life, then skip it. That's a really important thing to say at the, at the, at the front end. So another general note, move in ways that are different than running. So you want to challenge different muscle groups in different ways, all right? This is really important to be thinking about, that you don't need to add more, um, you don't need to add doing an elliptical, you don't need to add anything that is like running itself because you're doing sufficient amount of running and make sure that you're moving in ways that are different than that. If you're going to do some of these 1% activities, have fun. 
Any of these extras should not be a drag because if they are a drag over the long haul, they'll fall away. And the most important thing you can do with these extra activities is stay with them consistently. They give you very little benefit if you do them once in a while. The value of them comes from consistency, continuing to do them on a consistent basis, and finding a way to fold them into your weekly schedule or your bi-weekly schedule as the case may be. Again, find a class or a community. It's easier to stay committed to any of these kinds of activities with accountability. If you're just counting on doing it yourself, doing it all by yourself, it makes it tougher. Sure, we're in a place where you can't get to a gym these days, but I'm sure that you could easily find three or four or five of your friends to get convinced to take a class in lifting weights or to make an accountability structure for having done that. Um, Maybe do it together on a Zoom call. There's lots of different ways you can do this to build community and build um, and get taking a class on some of these things. But it's much easier for you to stay committed if you will stay accountable. And that accountability comes with community and other people. So um, on a kind of a more technical note, movement is better than being static. Standing is better than sitting or lying down, okay? Generally, any of these activities you do, movement is important to create blood flow and to create healing. It is also important to try to get those those muscle recruitment patterns to move outside of the same ones that they've been doing. And it actually gives you a huge, it gives you a good amount of movement extra testosterone building, which helps you recover and recuperate much more quickly because you're doing activities that are different from the pounding that you've been doing as a runner. So again, movement is better than static and standing is better than sitting or lying down in any of the activities that you choose to do. And then finally, last thing I want to note from a general perspective is while you're doing this 1%, this is a great time for you to be focused on breathing through your nose and not through your mouth. Why? because you get a huge benefit from nitric oxide. You help your body recover and recuperate. You create greater vascularization. You recover much more quickly when you're breathing through your nose. You can do some research on what nose breathing does and how it benefits you. Dr. Zach Bush talks about this. Um, There are others that do so. Um, And if you want to add a a greater level of benefit to you, you can actually... um, Breathe through your nose, and as you're doing your activities, you can hum. That actually creates a greater amount of vortex going on in your nose and stimulates you, the nitric acid production, nitric oxide production. So anyway, that's a suggestion to add to this. So finally, some specific notes. So dance, skip, jump, slide, climb. Come up with whatever you want to do, something that maybe is functional, that makes you move like a monkey, move like an animal, something that makes you um, get on your hands and knees and move around, something that makes you jump, skip, hop, slide, climb, whatever the case may be, these things are really good for you. Using um, opposite single legs, moving from leg to leg, um, extremely beneficial. Long hold stretching. So stretching has, um, I think someone posted this on the uh, Facebook page at some point in time asking about stretching. Stretching has very little evidence-based research that indicates that it's beneficial. Very little. To the point where some people say it's bullshit and it doesn't benefit you at all. Um, There are tons of incidents of anecdotal evidence, though, that stretching is beneficial, I feel. Um, But for most people, where you get the greatest amount of benefit from stretching is through long 
long holds. So holds beyond a minute, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. Of course, you don't want to start with a really hard, full extension stretch and hold it for five minutes if you don't have experience with it. But just start where you can. Maybe hold for 30 seconds and do three or four reps. And then maybe go into holding it for a minute and do two or three reps. Then move into holding it for two minutes, three minutes, and doing just one rep. And then eventually extending yourself as you go along in all these stretches. All right? There's also active isolating, isolated stretches, which is a movement that goes on with those. There's lots of different ways to do stretching. Listen to your body. What does it tell you that you need to do? But just recognize that long hold stretches are typically the ones that allow that muscle to finally get into the stretch mode and relax. And when you're doing stretches that are only 30 seconds, a minute long, it takes the muscle doesn't get into a full relaxation mode. So it really benefits you from that long hold. Okay, massage and self-massage. So um, massage is an incredibly valuable and beneficial activity. Um, It really helps increase blood flow. You've got someone working on your body, helping you. um, Those hands on a body make a big, big difference in terms of recuperation and recovery um, through um, messages that the hand's sending through the touch Uh, mechanism Um, and you have someone who's focused on trying to find the spots in your body that you need loosening and relaxing any good massage therapist you don't need to say a word to them you get them to work on your legs they'll find where your problem areas are of course the more you know about those areas the more guidance you can give them and allow them to help you get the best benefit out of that massage how do you do that the best by doing self-massage so getting a foam roller um will be a huge benefit. I cannot suggest enough the benefit of a foam roller to help you just start rolling through the different muscle groups of your body, especially in your legs, your quads, your hamstrings, your calves, your Achilles, to get an idea of where your stiffness and your tightness is and the places that give you a challenge. Now when you go see your massage therapist, you're ready to give them instruction and, and guidance on what to do with your body and you've actually made their job easier because you've gotten in and done some work there. You've Now make sure you don't go into a place where you bruise yourself or you have a lot of pain. Um, the, pro, the, 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 benefit of, the best benefit of massage is just blood flow and movement, much more than holding it and grinding into the spot. If you're going to get it held and ground into the spot, have a professional do that rather than you doing it yourself. So self-massage and massage are huge benefits, hugely beneficial. Um, weights and resistance training. Um, this is, there's so many different things you can do. I do not have the time or the inclination to give you a full lineup on the kinds of things that you can do. I just have a few suggestions. Band work. So using a TheraBand, you can do a Google search for that. They will show you ways that you can use a TheraBand. Very inexpensive, very easy to utilize. Um, and you don't need a gym. You can move in a lot of different planes with that band work. Um, and there's ample number of um, running-related videos that are for free on the web that you can find and locate. Weight training, resistance training with weights is hugely beneficial. You don't need to spend more than 15, 20, 30 minutes in the weight room if you don't want to. You can Google search for strength training for runners. There's a great website called, um, I think it's called strengthrunning.com. I'll put a link to that in the um, notes to the worksheet. But um, it's got some some really nice intro-level uh, strength training for runners in terms of weight training. So that you might look at that 
And um, you can do body weight work, weighted work, but be sure that you're doing some single and transverse movements. You can throw that into the Google search when you're looking at it and just see what those things look like. They're just being sure that you're moving your body outside the normal, the plane that you use when you're running specifically, all right? So be sure that you get that, some of that stuff in. That is the game changer for so many people. Getting in a weight room and basically doing prehab to ensure that you're not having to do rehab at some future point. And the final thing I want to talk about is just nutrition. All right? Very simple. Eat whole, nourishing, unprocessed foods, raw and cooked. Lots of color on your plate. Especially stay away from processed and refined sugars due to the inflammatory response that those create and how your body wants to recover. Research the microbiome. I've got a link there for basic information on the microbiome. And finally, listen to Dr. Zach Bush on the Rich Roll podcast. There are two episodes I highly recommend that you listen to that give you the fundamentals of what's going on with the microbiome, how it relates to your diet and nutrition, and how essential and important diet and nutrition are to healthy, functioning lifestyle, especially if you're a runner. All right, so that's lots of information. You can listen to this episode again if you need to. Um, if you have any questions, post them on the Facebook page. Take care, everyone. Godspeed.